Hello everyone and welcome to a special bonus edition of the Men in Science podcast. Uh, as always, I hope you are having a lovely day and hopefully an even better weekend. And please make sure you subscribe to the Men in Science podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Radio Public, or YouTube. And please be sure to follow me on Twitter at IamFossitude for all podcast information. Exhale. <sighs> yeah, this is uh, stuff that I'm was going to talk about on my SummerSlam Predictions podcast, but decided that, you know, it's quite a bit of information that deserved its own separate episode. So, without further delay, let's get started. We have confirmation of who the director is going to be for the somewhat highly anticipated Venom sequel. It is going to be Andy Serkis, uh, as confirmed by The Hollywood Reporter, as well as Serkis himself via Twitter. Uh, you go ahead and read a little snippet of The Hollywood Reporter article. Uh, so here we go. The actor-turned-filmmaker will be tackling his first comic book movie as Helmer. Which, you know, at the helm is, you know, the term you usually go. And the filmmaker has closed the deal to direct Venom 2, Sony's sequel to the 2018 film that grossed $856 million at the global box office. The sequel, part of the company's stable of Spider-Man-related and Marvel-centric characters, will once again star Tom Hardy as the journalist who joins with an alien symbiote. And Circus flew to Los Angeles the week of July 22nd to meet with Sony Brass on the project and was one of several filmmakers in the mix for the job. This will be Circus's third directorial effort after the 2017 drama Breathe and last year's non-Disney take on the Rudyard Kipling stories Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle, which ended up on Netflix after being made at Warner Brothers. Uh, let me see. Uh, Circus rose to fame for his motion capture and performance capture acting work as Gollum in Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogy from 2002 to 2004. Well, it's actually 2003. Oh, uh, well, 2001 to 2003, but, you know, whatever. And he cut his teeth with the second unit directing by reteaming with Jackson for the Hobbit trilogy, 2012 to 2014. That one is correct. <laughs> And he played the villain Snoke in the recent Star Wars films, as well as bad guy Claw in Marvel Studios' Black Panther, first introduced in Avengers Age of Ultron, which apparently they decided to omit from here. And his expertise in with CG and performance capture technology is one of the factors that landed him the gig, or landed him the Phantom 2 gig. And Sony has no comment as of right now. And... I, for one, am very excited about this news because I am a big fan of Andy Serkis as an actor uh, and as a filmmaker because a couple of his two films that I did get to watch, namely the Mowgli film, was a very, very good film. And of course, you know, we all love him uh, for his motion capture work as Gollum in the Lord of the Rings films and Caesar in the Planet of the Apes trilogy. Uh, and it's just... The fact that he had that he has not won an Academy Award for his performances just boggles my mind. It really does. I don't know I don't know what's you know what the deal is with that, but uh um, but you know 
I guess, you know, the standards that the Academy has uh, with who they pick for their Oscar winners for Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor. I don't know. You know, honestly, you just never know because sometimes, like, you don't know what they're looking for. And when there's a performance that you think is worthy of such a such recognition, such a claim, and such reward, they don't get it. And, you know, like, you know, like I and I still say it, you know, almost two and a half years later. Actually, no, it is two and a half years later. Hugh Jackman's performance in Logan was one of the most amazing f performances I've ever seen in any comic book movie ever. And the and the Logan movie itself was, as I've heard from other people say, that it was like a game changer kind of movie, because yes, it was about comic book characters, but it would it didn't feel like a comic book movie. It just felt like like an ex, like a, an experience kind of thing, you know. And and Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart, their performances were just absolutely amazing. And every time I've watched, I watch when I watch it in theater opening weekend. I was moved to tears by their performances, and then every time I've watched it again since then on, on Blu-ray, the it's I've, I've, I've honestly lost count of how many times I've watched it since I got the Blu-ray, and just I, and it's their performances still move me to tears. Like they, they, it was that amazing, and the fact that neither of them were nominated for best actor and best supporting actor to me was is a crime. I mean, the film, yeah, it got a, a it got an, an adapted screenplay nomination, which is cool, but it didn't get the acting nominations. It didn't get best picture, and uh, to me, it's that was a joke that they didn't get nominated for for that. But you know, it is what it is. Um, so, but you know, with Andy Serkis, it's you know, I am very anxious to know what he's going to bring to the role because. Uh, he himself is very excited for, you know, to get his hands on the uh, Venom story, and hopefully, you know, hopefully he'll take, you know, he'll improve on the things from the first film that I actually really liked. Because the film, overall, the film itself was only okay, the first Venom film. You know, of course, Tom Hardy is the best part of it, and his interactions with this, with the symbiote, uh, particular in particular, are. Are, are, is what I love the most about the movie, and you know, hopefully, you know, we'll get more of that, and you know, the teaser with the tease at the the mid credit scene with Woody Harrelson as as Carnage, Cletus, you know, Cletus Cassidy, I think is the name. Uh, I, I always get it confused, but yeah. Uh, you know, hopefully, the story that he will present to us will be one of that it'll basically give us the, the Venom movie that we should have gotten with the first one you know um, and as of right now the film is set to release October of next year uh, I don't know if they're gonna make that release date but we shall see And up next on the uh, little list that I got here for the stuff I was supposed to talk about on this podcast, we have uh, casting announcements for people that are going to be making some appearances in on CW's highly anticipated Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, crossover event that will actually uh, 
take over several days. It'll be, I think, three shows in December and then conclude in January. Yes, because it would be, it'll be Supergirl, uh, Flash, Arrow, of course, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, and Batwoman, which will be premiering this fall. And some of the casting news, some of it, you know, coming out of Comic-Con and people already have already heard, you know, some of that and they've talked, better people have talked about it already, like Brandon Routh getting to be, uh, uh, Kingdom Come Superman, which is cool, his, you know, I, I liked Brandon Routh as Superman from Superman Returns, uh, and I know a lot of people, they have their gripes with the movie and I, I understand, that's fine. <laughs> Now, but I personally enjoy the film, and I enjoyed his performance as Clark Kent and as Superman. Uh, so, the fact that he'll be doing a Kingdom Come iteration of the character, uh, I am very excited to see. However, the part, the story that, or the casting news that I'm most excited about is the one that seemingly broke, you know, that seemingly broke the internet as far as DC fans go. And that is uh, Kevin Conroy, the legendary voice of Batman from Batman the Animated Series, several Batman films, uh, animated films, and the video games, is going to play a live-action older Bruce Wayne in the Crisis on Infinite Earth crossover. And as soon as I heard that news, uh, I I had a bit of a nerdgasm. Yes, I did, because Kevin Conroy is my absolute favorite portrayal of Batman, even though he's he's just a voice, but he has been the vo a Batman voice for my generation. Because uh, as, I've, as I've said to many people, and I've probably talked about it on the podcast a couple times, that Batman the Animated Series is my all-time favorite cartoon. And uh, every iteration of Batman that he has voiced since then, you know, I've only paid attention to it primarily because of his voice being part of it. Him and Mark Hamill as the Joker. Um, and the fact that he'll get to be a live-action Bruce Wayne, an older Bruce Wayne on this crossover, is just amazing to me. And it's like... Again, just... You know, Batman the Animated Series, and then when it was on uh, Fox Kids, and then when they went to w Kids WB, when it became the new Batman Adventures, and then Batman Beyond, and Justice League Unlimited... Um, Batman Arkham games, the Injustice games, uh, the, all the animated films like Killing Joke, uh, and all these all the other great movies that they've had. Um, it's just that is what I'm the most excited about because I mean, because if he can give such a brilliant performance with only his voice, I can't, I, I can, I can't even, I can only imagine how brilliant of a performance he'll give on camera as Bruce Wayne for the first time in almost 30 years of being the voice of Batman. And yeah, let me actually pull up what when the dates are for for the for the crossover events so that so that anybody listening that's curious about this will be able to, you know, catch up. Let me see. Uh, yeah, December 8th, Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, will be Supergirl and then Batwoman on Monday, December 9th, 8 p.m. Uh, the Flash on Tuesday, December 10th, 8 p.m. And then on Tuesday, January 14th, 2020, at 8 p.m. will be Arrow. 
And then Tuesday, January 14th, afterwards, 9 p.m., will be DC Legends of Tomorrow. So, yes, that's the scheduling for the for the crossover events. It'll be Supergirl on December 9th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Batwoman on December 9th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, The Flash December 10th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and then Arrow and DC Legends of Tomorrow on January 14th at 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. respectively. So, um... Now you know when to check out the this epic crossover because this is going to be uh, Stephen Amell's final season as uh, as Arrow as Oliver Queen, so you can expect him to go out in a blaze of glory kind of thing. Um, yeah, I'm excited for it, and I'm sure a lot of you are as well. And uh, you know, if the Elseworld crossover was anything uh, was any indication of what is to come. Oh boy, we're, we're going to get an awesome story. And the other little bit of news that seems to have uh, broken the internet, at least in with pertaining to the DCEU fandom, uh, is that uh, Kevin Smith has, you know, gone on record with Cinema Blend, uh, and talking about the Snyder Cut. And, and reading directly from Cinema Blend, here's the headline. It says, Kevin Smith says Zack Snyder Cut of Justice League is real. Studio would be silly not to release it. And let me read little snippets of here to hear, uh, to hear exactly what he said. And he says, I've not seen... I'm, well, I'm just going to read the whole quote that they have cited on here from him. It says, I've not seen it firsthand. And also to be clear, I know Zach, but it's not like we're fucking tight, son. That being said, I've spoken now to enough people at various levels in the production. There is a Snyder Cut. For sure. That's not a mythical beast. It exists. Now, it's not a finished movie by any stretch of the imagination. There were things that went away from the story that they shot that didn't wind up going into visual effects or anything like that. So, I would assume based on what I've been told, that large section, large sec, excuse me, large sections of the Snyder Cut are, you know, previs with a lot of green screen. Now we're not talking a finished movie. When people hear Snyder Cut in their heads, they think they think about like a DVD they've seen for an extended cut of an extended cut or something that's finished. The Snyder Cut that again I haven't seen. Yes, I emphasize that. Uh, but the one I've heard everyone speak of was never a finished film. It was a movie that people in production could watch and fill in the blanks. It was certainly not meant for mass consumption. Uh, and then the other quote that they have here. I feel confident that the audience could handle that cut of the movie without being like, I think there's a common thought process probably within the studio. And again, no studio has said this to me, but I would assume that they're like, we can't show people this. Yes, there is a Snyder Cut, but no audience would be able to look at this and see what the director's intent was. I disagree. That would seem like common wisdom because everyone always wants to put their best foot forward. But I think the audience now, particularly the audience that would consume the Snyder Cut and discuss it at great length, can watch a work print. They can watch a work in progress and fill in the blanks with their heads. Every studio likes to make money. They do multiple incarnations of movies on video all the time. This could just be one more of those. All they have to do is lend their audience a little more credence to be like, 
Look, they'll get it. Put up a bunch of fucking disclaimers, including one from Zack himself at the, at the head of it going, Obviously the movie wasn't finished, but here's what we were thinking. There's definitely a way to do it. They could definitely shoot a version of that flick where, you know, they put Snyder into it explaining what would have been, what have went there, what went where, or what, what went there. Uh, now, my thoughts on my thoughts on that are, I like that he's you know be, becoming even more vocal about this because on his podcast you know again formerly uh, Fat Man Beyond Fat Man on Batman now it's Fat Man Beyond that he's talked about a lot that he would love to see the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Hell, I even had that uh, eight minute clip on my Justice League podcast from last year where he you know ran down. You know what was apparent, what was cut from the film based on what one person saw at a test screening, and uh, just said, you know that, you know, you know, let the guy finish his vision. You know, let, that there's an audience to, you know, that wants to see it, and there's money to be made. And he has he, he has always said that you know that they would be fools to not release it, and he has supported the release of the Snyder Cut from day one. You know. And the fact, because he he's in he is in Hollywood, he knows how filmmaking works. You know, having someone like that, you know, championing the release of the Snyder Cut is someone who we want on our side. And there also there was also the um, critic blogger whatever whatever he is, uh, Mark Hughes, that commented on you know, that he he used to be someone who denied the existence of the Snyder Cut because of sources that told him it didn't exist, uh, but eventually. He's come around and, and and acknowledges that yes, it does indeed exist, and he that he was wrong. He apologized for that, and uh, you know, I'm not gonna get into it because it's been talked to death by other people, better people, uh, on Twitter and you know, people on Twitter. You know, if you're if you're on Twitter, you know that people are fucking insane. So, you know, I'm not gonna talk about that. I'm just gonna uh, I'm just gonna comment on the fact that. You know, names like Mark Hughes and Kevin Smith, uh, and even Rob Liefeld, uh, and the controversial Ben Shapiro championing the Snyder Cut. You know, they have they have a lot of followers. They have they have a lot of supporters. So while while a lot of people might not like them and what they say, for the most part, it's getting more eyes and ears on the on the campaign. And speaking of the campaign. We have a brand new campaign from the Project Comic-Con people. It is Project New York Comic-Con. And this one, of course, being for the New York Comic-Con happening in October of this year in New York City. Um, I'm going to read a basic rundown of what it is, like I did for the original Project Comic-Con for San Diego Comic-Con. It says, following the, the huge success of Project Comic-Con that helped raise almost $15,000 for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention in the name of the Release of Snyder Cut community, we want to continue increasing the hype and spreading the truth about the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Whilst spreading awareness for mental health, we, 
we will do this by targeting the New York Comic Con 2019 from October 3rd, this is 6, 2019. In San Diego, you helped raise in excess of 26,000 and a lot of a lot was achieved including the funding of a banner, a banner flight, a billboard, a bus wrap, an ad in the Hollywood Reporter and a ground team at the convention. We realize that you have given so much and have decided that in New York we can still achieve great buzz whilst having a simpler and more streamlined campaign that will not be multiple levels. We have one clear and financial modest plan. We have two objectives. A digital video billboard in Times Square, New York for one day, October 5th. Uh, the billboard will play for 15 seconds every two minutes for 12 hours from midday to midnight. Uh, the quote for the billboard is $1,871, doubled for the AFSP, we would need to raise 3742 And a ground team presence for the entire duration of the convention. We want to be more visible than before on the ground. Walk amongst attendees, show them the human side of us. We want to engage with as many people as possible and encourage them to fill out our survey and get more information about the Snyder Cut for at for, at, at for snydercut.com. We estimate that the ground team will require around $850 to cover the cost for leaflets mer slash merchandise to hand out. Doubled for AFSP, we would need to raise $1,700. Therefore, to fully fund the New York Comic Con Snyder Cut campaign and our AFSP donation, we need to raise 5,442, round it up to cover GoFundMe fees. We have to set our target at $6,000. We realize how generous you have already been, and therefore no more will be asked of you for this project. This again is a huge ask for the fandom, but we believe we can do this. As a community, we have increased awareness for suicide prevention and raised vital funds approximately for $106,000 for AFSP. Let's add to that number. Also, please register your interest in seeing the Snyder Cut of Justice League on the survey below. Uh, it's surveyhero.com slash C slash Justice League release Snyder Cut. And then a couple of hashtags, you know, suicide prevention, suicide awareness, artistic integrity, release the Snyder Cut. Now, as you've already heard from my previous podcasts talking about Project Comic-Con, I am very much a supporter of the Release of Snyder Cut campaign, have been very active in the campaign for two years, uh, well, one year with the podcast, um, but as I've talked about in the last couple of podcasts as well with regards to this, so much of the infighting amongst people and people becoming territorial and tribal and dividing into like little cliques uh, over the Snyder Cut and you know who's the people that perceive as who's who's really who's the real part of the cut and all this other junk and it's just I don't know I mean and uh and also the whole people of if you follow me on Twitter, you're aware that I created a little logo um, combining two things that I love. My love of professional wrestling and my love of director Zack Snyder. I took the logo of the legendary stable, the NWO, New World Order, and I fixed it up so that it would be SWO, Snyder World Order. 
and I posted that on Twitter, just having fun with it. Uh, again, combining my love of pro wrestling and my love of Zack Snyder, and being a big fan of the Monday Night Wars and WCW and the NWO incarnation, the original version at least. Uh, I just I did that purely out of fun and love of those two things, and it is be that logo has been essentially been taken by some fans, one in particular that I'm not going to name because I don't like to stir up shit like that, uh, and it's being used uh, in negative and hateful ways, um, being used to attack other actors and directors simply for the fact that they are not Zack Snyder and they are perceived to not be supporting Zack Snyder. Uh, in particular, uh, Ava DuVernay and Matt Reeves, because uh, Ava DuVernay is, uh, at least as of, as of this recording, slated to direct the New Gods film with uh, comic book writer Tim King, or Tom King, I can't remember, um, writing the script. And then we have Matt Reeves, of course, doing The Batman, which, you know, have a little bit of information with that film that I'll talk to in a few minutes. Uh, that one tweet in particular where it says, we could have gotten this, and it had a picture of uh, Bat Batman, Ben Affleck's Batman, and Deathstroke, because, you know, the, the, the story is, uh, we was the story of the when Ben Affleck was still attached to the Batman, it was going to be a feature, a fight between him and Deathstroke. Which, you know, fans have been wanting to see that in live action for the longest time, especially after the awesome fight in the Arkham Origins video game. And, and then we got the tease of Deathstroke in the theatrical cut of Justice League, with Joe Manganiello playing him in the well, what they use for the post credit scene. And, and underneath that picture showed a picture of Robert Pattinson from Twilight, because apparently people can't just can't get over, over the fact that he was in Twilight. Again, a film that even Robert Pattinson himself ha hates and only did those films because he was already locked in the contract and couldn't get out of it you know, because of legal reasons. But yeah, my little SWO logo has is being used to shit on the other directors of the DC films and the actors of the in these DC films simply because it's not Zack Snyder. It's not Ben Affleck. It's not whoever they, you know, they are so, they really, 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 really want in these movies. And if my voice sounds a little firm, it's because I'm getting a little pissed off as I'm talking about this. Like, genuinely pissed off that something that I created purely out of fun is being used for bullshit. And I seriously regret making that logo because I was actually going to use that logo as a t-shirt for my little for my online store and it's 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 in the it's it's saved on there just I haven't made it public because I'm, I'm really just you know and um I really hate that again that something I created is being used for this bullshit and and if the person, if that person is listening to this, and knows and knows what I'm talking about, and knows that I'm talking about him, I I kindly ask that you please stop using my logo for that shit because. And as I said to somebody else that 
uh, somebody else that I can't sorry I can't remember the name of this person that I spoke with about it but people that are and then people that be also that they brag about you know getting blocked by Ava DuVernay because they keep shitting on her uh, since you know Wrinkle in Time was not was not that great of a movie uh, doesn't mean that she's a bad director she just her first you know epic film did not do so well um, but I love her her, the the Selma she directed that I love that movie, but yeah people are shitting on her of with new gods because uh, whatever stupid reasons that they have and yeah using that to bragging about being blocked by her and using my little SWO logo as as their symbol of this and then. And I said to someone, like, yeah, watch them turn around and say, oh, we're doing this for the artistic integrity of the directors. Yeah. And then I said, yeah, directors, unless the director is not Zack Snyder. Because they're only fighting for the integrity, the artistic integrity of Zack Snyder, not for any of the other directors. And, man, as much as I love Zack Snyder, and I want to see his original vision of the Justice League film that he filmed and put together... I'm not gonna shit on the vision of other. I'm not gonna shit on what Ava DuVernay has planned for New Gods. I'm not gonna shit on what Matt Reeves has planned for the Batman with Robert Pattinson. I'm not gonna shit on what uh, Kathy Yan has in store for Birds of Prey. Or I'm not gonna shit on what Patty Jenkins has for Wonder Woman 1984. I'm not gonna shit on anything from the from these movies. And right now, I've even seen people shitting on. Uh, on Todd Phillips' Joker film, because it's not because it's because it's not DCEU. And like you know what? Like I said at the end of my Justice League podcast from last year, get the fuck over yourselves, you entitled little shits. Like, yeah, you know, like I want, the, I really want, the, I want to see the Snyder Cut so much. But if this is the kind of if this is the kind of bullshit that's gonna occur. As part of this campaign, as part of this movement, then I'm seriously considering withdrawing my support of this because <sighs> you people, this this shit pisses me off so much. You know, we're supposed to be united to you know, you know, bring justice (pun intended) for Zack Snyder, and all we're doing is just being little brats. I'm not being. I'm I'm not part. I don't want to be part of that. I mean, I'll continue to talk about the Snyder Cut, and I'll, you know, promote whatever I can, you know, in support of it, but I have seriously considered just dropping out of the campaign altogether because of bullshit like this. I'm not completely there yet, but I am very close to my breaking point. Oh, alright, let me take a quick breather here. Um... Uh, yeah, I'm gonna take a quick breather after all that and uh, just pause real quick and uh, be right back. Alright, I am back. I have my drink now with me. I'm gonna, you know, so that my voice isn't crack too much. Now let's get back into this.
as I said a little while ago, that a little bit of news for Matt Reeves of the Batman. Uh, casting news, to be specific. Uh, rumors going around, and unfortunately for the... I'll have links for all the other stuff that I'm talking about on here, but for this one, I don't have any links per se. Because I was not able to find the verified links that I needed to talk about these. Uh, so I apologize, but these are from reputable sources. At least that I think are. And yeah, casting news or casting rumors for the Batman. And one of them is that John David Washington, son of Denzel Washington, is being eyed for a role in the Batman. And the rumor is that it's potentially for Harvey Dent slash Two-Face. Um, we also have Jamie Foxx and Giancarlo Esposito, and yeah, like I said on my Comic-Con episode, he's in pretty high demand right now, uh, that they're on the shortlist for a role as well, uh, though for them it doesn't specify if they're both up for the same role or individual roles, and the other one is that Paul Hauser is possibly, uh, being eyed to play Penguin in this film, because we already know the... Uh, that Penguin is supposed to be one of the characters, one of the villains featured in this one. Um, so, you know, that's cool. And I'm not too familiar with Paul Hauser's work, per se, but, I mean, when I did a Google search on him, he looks the part, at least, so that that's definitely good. Um, while, I'm, while, I'm here, while I'm on this, let me actually just do a quick Google search on him so I can, so that I know if I've seen him in anything before. Because I honestly don't remember. Paul Hauser. Yeah, there we go. Hmm. Alright. Alright, yeah, he, like I said, he does look the part. Uh, and he's my age. I'm older by a couple of months, but still. Let me see what his IMDB shows for the kind of movies that he's done. Alright. Uh. Oh, he was in Black Klansman. That's that's cool. I haven't watched that movie, but that's pretty cool. Um, uh, let me look through here. Let me look through here. Uh, and he was on Cobra Kai. Oh, that's awesome. Um, uh, he was in Super Troopers 2. He was in I, Tonya. Huh. Okay. A lot of TV shows. Uh, and he was on an episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, so... Alright, so he's he's got a decent resume. Yeah, he's mostly known for comedy, but... You know, so... But hey, I'll give him a shot if he's indeed going to play the Penguin. And John... And John David Washington as Harvey Dent, Two-Face. I could see it. I mean, maybe it's, you know, it's being as a, like a slight homage to Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent in the 1989 Batman film. Um... But you know, John David, John David Washington. I, I am a fan of his. He's he's a very good actor. Um, uh, I I especially enjoy his work on Ballers. He's one of my favorite people on that show. Um, as far as with uh, Jamie Fox and Giancarlo Esposito, uh, again, since not really sure if they're both up for the same role or if they're you know on a list for for different roles. Um, go ahead and like you know, film junkie from when he was talking about it. Uh, that maybe Jamie Foxx could be Lucius Fox. I mean, it could work. You know, he's he's he seems like the right the right you know personality and actor for such a role. He, I mean, 
I don't know if he'll if he would be exact as great as Morgan Freeman as Lucius Fox from the Dark Knight trilogy, but you know he's he's a he's a he is a good actor. I am a fan of his, and uh, I think he would be a a great choice for for a Lucius Fox in this uh, in the Matt Reeves Batman story, and Giancarlo Esposito. I'm not really sure what character he could play. Um, hmm, not really sure honestly. Hmm. But hey, you know, either way, he's another great actor. <clears throat> Excuse me. And what um whatever role he could end up playing, I'm sure he'll knock it out of the park. Um, and then I think yeah, there's this expected production date. It's still uh early next year. I'm not a hundred percent not a hundred percent sure about that. Um. But, you know, we'll see what happens. And the last thing that I'm going to be talking about is uh, another GoFundMe campaign, but this one is for... Uh, it's, this one is a little more personal for me because it's uh, for a very, very good friend of mine whom I love very much. Um, and it's for my friend Alexis. Uh, that she will also be attending New York Comic-Con and that she's uh, trying to gather up funds for a, a Kylo, Kylo Ren cosplay. Yeah, and I know some people it's, you know, not really something that you they donate for a GoFundMe, which, you know, I understand, but at the same time, fuck you. <laughs> but yes, let me read what she has written here. As one of my passions is comics. And I love going to Comic-Cons and cosplaying, but due to my massive debt, helping my parents pay for their house and medical bills, it's very hard to save the save to make to save money to make the cosplay I want for this year. My parents have been sick for quite some time. My stepmom has been recovering from breast cancer, and my dad has been dealing with rheumatoid arthritis and ulcerative colitis. Uh, side note, you know, as I've talked about before, I'm, I'm a, I am a medical professional, and none of those things are are good at all. And I've 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 been with I've worked with patients who have those, and it's it's not easy. It's really not. Okay, back to it. Uh, yeah, rheumatoid arthritis and also ulcerative colitis. So working has been extremely tough for him. You know, I love them both, and need help need to help them out and pay the bills. So any money at all would be greatly appreciated. I only get to go out and do this once a year, so please help me continue to do the thing I love. Thank you. And I will provide the link for that in the description as well. And again, it's for my for my very good friend Alexis, who I love like a like a sister. She's and again, I know for some people something something like this. You know, might not mean much, but it means everything to her, and therefore it means everything to me. Um, that's this, you know, that she is passionate about this cosplay, and you know, if you've listened to my, if you've been listening to anything I've ever said on this podcast for the past year plus, you know that I am just as passionate about this stuff. Maybe it's I. I've never been to like a real Comic Con thing before. I did go to like a minor con thing here in Jacksonville, North Carolina in 2017, I believe. Uh, 
uh, it was like a small thing, uh, how, that they did at the, in like the, uh, like, in the, in, like, downstairs, like, the lobby area of, like, a Hilton Hotel or whatever it was. Can't remember the name of it. It was fun. I got to meet the, you know, wrestler from WCW, the, the Maish, the Stro, uh, as he's known on social media. Uh, that was fun. And, yeah, but my goal is eventually to go to a San Diego Comic-Con or a New York Comic-Con or maybe even a, you know, Raleigh Comic-Con, if, you know, if I can, if I can even afford that one. And, and, and I would, you know, cosplay as well, and, and, and I've eaten, me and Alexis, I've even considered that maybe her and I could do a team-up cosplay, you know, if I'm ever able to make it up there, uh, for this, and, you know, I'll, I'll talk to her about that, so maybe, maybe next year we can set something up, um, but, yeah, it's just, I support people's creative passions, and just like people that have been supporting my passion for this podcast, um, like I said, you know, she's like a she's like a sister to me, and I, I love her very much, and I want to see her make achieve this goal, and you know, have you know, f make this dream come true for her, and so like if if none of you wanna, you know, if 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 you have a heart, and you know, just just help to help someone out. You know, she, she's a she's a good person, and she, you know she deserves this love. You know, so sh show her some love. You know, be good human beings and do do a good thing for a good friend. <sighs> and that is it for this bonus edition of the Menatize Podcast. I hope you all enjoyed listening. And heard some things that you liked, and if you didn't enjoy it, thanks for tuning in anyway. Uh, I have two shirt designs as of right now available in plain t-shirt, long sleeve, tank top, baseball shirt, and kids t-shirts as well as stickers and wall art, and the link to that is in the description as well. And as always, thank you all so much for tuning in and for subscribing. I love and appreciate every single one of you who do. I truly and genuinely do. And I hope you all enjoy your weekend, spend it with your loved ones if you can, and that you enjoy this coming week. Um, you know, because so much negativity and hate in this world, you know, we should be we should be spreading more love and positivity. We really should. But until next time, this has been the Menatides Podcast. I am Julian, and I will see you all next time.